You're listening to the PonderCast created by me, Joanna Ponder. I'm a women's empowerment coach helping women recognize their worth and wake up to a life they want to say yes and to. Head over to joannaponder.com for more information or follow me on Instagram at yesandyourlife. Enjoy the show. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you on. Could you, for our listeners, um, could you maybe give us like an elevator pitch of who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I'm Abby and I don't really like to define myself as one thing or I do one thing because I don't. I'm lots of different things. (laughs) Um, So I am a life coach and I help people with their mindset, um, which in turn helps their health and wellness. And I I really am interested in how people can grow and change through travels and adventures. And so I really think um, that has really come from, I guess, my experience and all the different things that I've done with my life. So that's what I am really passionate about. I also um, am a massage therapist. I also lead school kids on expeditions and a whole host of other things that I do um, packaged up into um, my little life. So it's definitely not your typical nine to five. Um, My life is... uh, scattered between lots of different things and weaving in lots of different adventures and things that I'm really passionate about. So in a nutshell, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Have you always, um, has this sort of always been your path or did you have like a corporate job and then decide, you know what, I want adventure. Uh, I want to do stuff on my own. Or have you always just been like, this is who I am. This is like, I'm going to like I'm an adventurous type and I'm going to do things my way. Yeah. Well, I think my life has always been evolving and I guess if we rewind right back to the beginning, I started out as being very passionate and still am very passionate about sports. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up as an athlete and so I was always very focused in that space of my life. I, Mm -hmm was uh, a beach sprinter and did a little bit of track and field running and uh, was fortunate enough to be successful to compete for my country and also um, have some other opportunities, which I'll talk about as the story progresses. (laughs) So I started out um, and that was really my focus. So I went and did a lot of study. I studied, I was interested in sports management just Mm -hmm. naturally because I was, um, you know, so intrigued by my sport and running. And uh, so I did a lot of study in that, but also right back in the beginning was interested in tourism as well. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, um, but I thought I would take a a short course or a couple, it was two years uh, at um, tertiary education um, in tourism. So I ended up uh, finding myself, I guess, in a bit of a corporate job. I was... um, well, I guess before I got to that stage, I um, obviously was doing really well with my sporting um, journey. I was talent ID'd into a program uh, for bobsledding, which is um, <laughs> like a cool runnings type of story. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, as a, as an Australian, it's not really a, a place where we have very much snow and definitely no bobsled track. <laughs> But I was um, went on an adventure and raced for Australia as well as um, then coming back to compete for Australia in my sport of surf lifesaving as a beach sprinter. So that was a crazy whirlwind and um, a really fun adventure and I guess probably may have been the start of – you know, this, this lust for adventure that I have. And, um, I was always traveling around to different beaches in Australia and, um, going overseas to do world championship competitions with surf lifesaving as well. Mm -hmm. 
But then I started working, um, found myself in some event management roles in the city and still trying to get into the sports event management side of things because that's what I was really passionate about. I found myself working in a job that was really nine to five in a city <laughs> in at a desk. I'd done a few different jobs, which were really fun and interesting, but um, everything had always been to be able to fit my sport in as well. So yeah. um, that had always been the priority. And then I found myself in a position working and not really sure what I was doing there. And I, uh, at that point, I had an, an injury in my sprinting. I ruptured my Achilles and I had a good uh, amount of time to not be participating in sport to right. really think about what I was doing with my life. And at this stage, I had committed so much time to sports that I was like, well, there's got to be more to life than this and what yeah. am I missing out on? And at the same time that I was working in this role, I was um, not in a very nice office environment. In fact, it was uh, at a hospital, which mm. was quite old. And so I was working in a, an old hospital ward that had been transformed into uh, an office space. So you could see, still see the the old oxygen taps on the wall. <laughs> there was no windows in my office and it was just a real dark and, and gloomy space. And I just had this intuitive calling that started speaking to me, I guess, and mm -hmm. just kind of popping up in all different forms. It was like, what are you doing here? Why are you working in the city? Why are you in this nine to five job? There is so much more out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it became so prominent that I just couldn't help but to listen to it. And so mm -hmm. all the while, I had been doing some coaching myself with a life coach. This is way back when life coaching in Australia probably was unheard of. And so <laughs> um, I found it real a real challenge actually because I was challenged to ask myself what my goals were in different aspects of my life and mm. really I'd only ever set goals for my sport. And mm. so... I started setting these goals thinking, what am I doing? And it was really quite a challenge. But the way that it rolled out for me was uh, I ended up leaving my job and um, buying a ticket to Buenos Aires and heading off on an adventure, which I thought was going to last maybe six months. <laughs> so I flew over to South America and uh, ended up traveling around for about four months before feeling like I'm going to run out of money here and I don't particularly want to come back to Australia. So got myself a visa for Canada, flew up there thinking I would only stay for the winter and, and do a season in the snow. Yeah. And ended up staying there for three years, which what? I completely loved. <laughs> uh, and all the while back home, because um, I always am just so passionate about learning, I'm always studying something new. So while I was working, I was really interested in, in the human body being mm. an athlete. And so I was studying massage therapy. So I had my skills as a massage therapist to get work in Canada and, mm. um, that really served me whilst I lived there. So that allowed me to do a bunch of travel around North America and Central America and Canada and just have a lot of fun for the three years that I lived there. Yeah. I also took up roller derby because I was still so passionate about sports. Um, so that, that also led me to traveling a lot because we mm. would often travel to play games in the States and throughout Canada. And yeah, soon enough, it was time for me to come back to Australia and I um, embraced that. I really did want to stay in Canada, but I just had a calling. It was like the intuitive feeling that it pulled me away in the first mm. place. It was the same thing that, that pulled me back. But I knew that when I was going back that I was not going to go and get a job and live in the city like I did previously. Yeah. So with all the skills that I had developed, I, I went back to my parents' place on the coast, which is on the beautiful Great Ocean Road, and um, started doing lots of different 
bits and pieces. I started doing massage. I uh, worked as a surfing instructor and, um, yeah, really um, just broadened my skills with, you know, these fun jobs that I would really enjoy doing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little bit sick of being in the small town where I had grown up and and so it was that sort of led me to seek for, you know, something else. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. I, I realized how much I enjoyed the mountains. So I ended up moving up to where the snow falls in Australia and a little, small little mountain town. And yeah, now I've settled here for the time being, I say. And as I said, I, I just do lots of different little things. I'm working on my own projects as well as a few other things out and about Um leading expeditions and yeah still very passionate about mm. um sports and um just getting back into uh a goal that I have set for myself there so and that's you know where I find myself now <laughs> yeah that's amazing I mean like it's so nice to hear the story and like the progression of your journey because looking back on it now it's like oh yeah it makes sense right that this is what you do and this is how you've chosen to um, live your life in, in basically in adventure all the time. And I love that. I love that so much. But I want to kind of go back to this moment when you were working in that office that was in an old hospital mm. and you had this intuitive hit and you decided to listen to it because <sighs> I feel like I talked to a lot of people about this and... Um, And I know for myself, the journey that it's taken for me to sort of like get to trusting those intuitive hits. So Mm -hmm. I'm always interested to hear about other people and like what, how do you, how do you find one, the courage to listen to that inner guidance, to that inner voice, right? Um, What do you find is, is the thing that made you go, yeah, that feels right. That Mm. feels like something I should listen to. Yeah, I think it can always be a challenge to understand the intuitive, the intuition if you're not really used to following it that Mm -hmm. often because oftentimes it will suggest that you should do things that maybe don't seem quite logical. So, um, but you always know with hindsight because it's such a beautiful thing that you have done the right thing. So it's really just a practice of Mm. really tuning in. And for me, when I have had um, these times where my intuition really wants me to do something and maybe it's even been a little bit far-fetched or crazy, it will continually remind me. And it wasn't a process that was, you know, happened in a day or a week. It was something that happened over an amount of time. I was, you know, I look back now and see all the pieces adding up. I was working in the job that I didn't really like. And, you know, I'd be sitting at my desk and I'd have, you know, whether it was a voice or just a thought that would come into my head that was like, why am I doing this? Or what am I doing here? And it would be really strange because it would come from nowhere and it'd be like, oh, but it was, you know, it was, I felt like I sided with those voices. Mm. I was like, yeah, what am I doing here? Like, why am I doing this? And even at the time there would be this radio advertisement that would come on as I was driving to and from work sometimes. And it was an advertisement for the defense force. And that's not what I wanted to go into, but um, part of the tagline and the messaging was, what are you doing sitting at a desk job working in a nine to five job? And for whatever reason, when this advertisement came on, I would always sort of be the person there saying, yeah, what am I doing? And so it wasn't just, you know, one message um, at, at one time. It was lots of different things that were coming to me. And, you know, the more they, the more these messages would come in, it makes you think about this, the topic or, yeah. you know, the change or whatever it is that you want to evoke. Yeah. It makes you think about it a little bit more and start to bring it to the forefront of your mind. 
And then it's a matter of really exploring like and taking ownership of that decision and having a look. Is it something that you want to look into? Because if you ignore it, then the messages will probably keep coming. And so you you might just find yourself in a little bit of frustration mm. if you're in this space of battling with, I guess, these messages, which are perhaps coming from your intuition, as opposed to being in a life that maybe you're just trying to force that's yeah. not really working out for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely experienced that as well, where it's like, if you keep ignoring the messages, like they just keep coming, they keep coming, they won't let go. Like, <laughs> they're like, until you get it. And until yeah. you acknowledge it, I think that's the thing. Like, once you acknowledge like, oh, yeah, kind of like what you said, where it's like, yeah, what am I doing at this nine to five? Is this where I want to be? And it's that awareness that then like sort of propels you into making the conscious choice of like, okay, yeah, this is where I want to be. And I'm going to choose and take responsibility of that. And I think that's what you beautifully said. It's like, you have to take responsibility, you have to take ownership of whatever mm -hmm. decision, whatever choice you make, right? Mm -hmm. So whether you choose to stay at this job that actually makes you unhappy, or whether you choose to like, take the leap and be like, all right, I'm going to go to Buenos Aires, like, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. take responsibility for that. Um, so you said that really, really nicely. I think that's sometimes a um, a key that people forget about, which is like taking ownership of your choices and recognizing yeah. that it is a choice, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I definitely think I'd had that feeling before when um, in my early 20s, I was in a relationship and um, I knew that it wasn't going the way I wanted it to but it wasn't terrible but the messages just kept coming in and I kind of kept ignoring them because I didn't want to deal with uh you know having to break off the relationship but soon enough they were coming in so thick and fast and almost in a in a physical capacity where I just sort of started feeling not very good in my stomach and mm -hmm. feeling quite sick and really was being pushed to make a decision because the thoughts were just now, you know, what if you continue down this path and this happens and that happens and um, this is not what you want. And, and I knew all of that was true. And so I had to become courageous and step into that courage and really make the decision, which I knew was right for me. And I think, you know, with the choice even to go to Buenos Aires, it was, yeah, it can seem quite crazy to just quit a job and pack everything into a bag and go somewhere. And I had lots of fears around that. But uh, I did know that on the other side of making all these choices that this was going to be such a wild and crazy mm. adventure and I knew that it was going to be filled with so much excitement and fun and learning and mm -hmm. growth and I think um yeah I knew that that was on the other side and so it kind of helped me to make that decision you know to be able yeah. to connect with what was going to happen on the other side I yeah. suppose <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, you talk about this idea of like, you have to step into that courage, you have to have the courage to make that decision. And especially for something as big as this, like you're, you're moving from Australia, to the other side of the world, like, yeah, talk about, you know, what you're used to your comfort zone, you're like, where you, where you live, like everything, it's a completely different country, they speak a completely different language. Mm. How do you... How do you, um, how do you take that step to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to step <laughs> out of this, this bubble that I live in that I feel very comfortable in, right? That comfort zone. And it's the same thing with relationships. Like we get in this space of like, oh, this feels good. This feels, this feels good in sometimes quotation marks. Like it feels comfortable. Yeah. Um, how do you make that choice or how do you find that courage to be like, I'm going to step out of that? Mm. Yeah, well, well, firstly, what I want to say is that courage is not sexy. <laughs> it's really um, quite, 
you know, a hot mess situation, I find. Every time you are being courageous, you're in a situation where you're you're going to step out of your comfort zone. Perhaps you're going to do something that you've never done before. So you're always going to think about the things that are hard and challenging. And you might even think about things that might not be happening for until like a month's time. So I'll give you an example. When I was getting ready to go on this trip and I'd made the decision, I'd booked the ticket and I still was like, Oh, how am I going to do this? I, what am I doing? The thoughts that I was thinking I was, were things like, I'm going to be traveling on my own, exactly like what you said to a country where I don't speak the language and I don't know the culture very well. I'd never been there. I don't know the lay of the land. These were all the things that I was thinking in my head. And I was graciously reminded by a really good friend of mine that you just don't need to put your thoughts in these big lofty uh, ideas and stories that you Mm. just need to think about the next steps. And it's like the idea of following the breadcrumbs. So Mm. when you break it down, what I really needed to do was I needed to get on the plane. (laughs) I needed to take my seat and Um, perhaps have a conversation with the people next to me and take my flight. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, I needed to get off. Mm. Then I would need to find the bus to Mm -hmm. find my way to my accommodation. And really just breaking it down into the small steps made it feel a lot more simplistic than um, I actually, you know, was making this drama out to be and, um, you know, you, you create stories in your head about how things are going to turn out and, and they're never true. They never eventuate that way. Um, and it was really interesting the way things played out because I was so nervous and concerned and all these thoughts that were scaring me about just getting that, the trip underway to begin with. And what actually happened was, uh, my flight was, that was going into Buenos Aires. Uh, I, I met two amazing people next to me in my seats and we had great conversations the whole way. About 20 minutes before we were about to land, the plane started doing a complete U-turn and we ended up flying back to Chile because um, there was a volcano erupting and ash was <gasps> you know, sitting over the top of the airport so we couldn't land. Yeah. So we ended up having to land in in Chile and um, spent a lot of time on the plane and then getting off and in the airport. And so naturally, um, you know, you're forced to connect with people. And I'd already made these great friends on the plane and ended up spending a night in Chile before uh, and going on the plane to Buenos Aires and Um, what that meant that I'd already sort of formed these bonds with other travelers that were in a similar situation where we just wanted to get our holiday started. And so when it came to the time to getting on the bus, there was, I I felt like I already had these friends, which I'd bonded with and, and getting to the accommodation. By the time I got there, I thought, what was I worried about all this time? Um, I don't have control of how things are going to flow. And so, um, I could not believe that I'd spent so much time wrapped up in this story that I thought um, was going to cause me, you know, so much drama along the way. But it's really just what I think that is, is just the mind trying to keep you safe and trying Mm. to keep you in the comfort zone where things are easy and and luxurious and (laughs) and where you feel safe, I suppose. Yeah. How, how would you like, uh, yeah, so the mind does this, right? It tries to keep us safe and it tries to keep us in that comfort zone. Mm. So what would you say, because I think what you said about like breaking it down into like the smaller steps and just thinking of like, what's next, just like what's right, like directly next, like what is the next little step that I need to take? Not like what's in a month from now. That's super, super helpful. Is that kind of like what your tip would be for people who are like thinking of stepping out of their comfort zones? Yeah, absolutely. I think a few things, 
is to take those small steps. If mm-hmm. you can look at the grand, the big goal or whatever it is that you're planning to do or, you know, where, what you're going to do. But I would just look at what is in front of you. What is it that you have to do next? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you just need to take it step by step by step by step. And that's the way that you can build that confidence to, um, yeah, things don't seem so grand yeah. by by um, like envisaging the big picture, I suppose. The other thing that I um, like to connect to is, and I did do this a little bit before leaving, is connect to the times that I knew were going to be amazing in the long run. So I would often sort of sit there like a few days before my my. I left and think to myself, in two weeks, I'm Mm. going to be in a new country. I will have met people that I don't know now, and they're probably going to be my friends. I'm going to be in a new place and I'm going to have these amazing adventures and it's going to be awesome, you know? Um, And so I tried to connect with that feeling, uh, the reason sort of why that I was actually going in the first place to have a completely new experience and an adventure and just to be really curious, to think how cool is this? In two weeks, I'm going to be surrounded by people that I've never met before, probably from all, you know, areas of the globe and in a place that I've never seen before. So I tried to connect with those feelings as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good um, reminder as well is to connect to that big why. Like, why did you want to go in the first place, right? Like, what was it about this, this, idea or or goal that you set yourself that's outside of your comfort zone why like when you connect to that why again it's such a good motivation of like oh yeah it's because I want to feel a certain way or because it's going to bring new opportunities in my life or whatever and I have a tendency to think like uh, when we have a tendency to sort of like stick to our fears of like, yeah, but it's going to be so difficult. And like, I don't speak the language and it's so far away. And what if I lose all of my money or like someone robs me? Right. And then like, we keep identifying with those fears rather than remembering why we wanted to do it in the first place. I think that's such a good reminder. So thank you so much for mentioning that because Mm. it's true. Like, yeah, why why are you doing why are you doing anything that you do right like (laughs) Mm, yeah and our brain is so hardwired to protect us and keep Mm. it safe and and I think the mind only knows what is familiar and so um it's always gonna as a I guess as a automatic um default it's going to go to those negative what ifs that Mm -hmm. you were talking about. What if this happens and what if that happens? And when you start on those ideas of negative what ifs, Mm -hmm. you're going to get into this thought spiral that will take you into this situation that when you look at maybe when you take a step back and have a look at it, you think, really? That's quite a crazy thought, you know, yeah. because you you think of the first little negative uh, thought and then the next one on top of that and you spiral down and down and down and down and then you end up with this crazy thing like and you think that's, you know, when with hindsight you think there is no way. That is like you have this worst case scenario yeah. type of thing that's never really going to eventuate anyway. Yeah. But what we need to do is really think in in the opposite way, you know, and, and sometimes actually someone told me once to say, so what if this happens or so what if that happens? But what what you can do is you can flip it on its head and it's like, yeah, but what if this great experience happens mm. or, and then you can start to think of all the incredible and amazing things, but you really do have to consciously think about those because yeah. as I mentioned before, the brain is just so hardwired to think about the negatives yeah. as an order automatic um, default. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Why it's so, it's so frustrating that it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, it sometimes feels like those negative, like the negative spiral is something that's so easy to get into, right? Like we do it all the time and we're not sometimes even aware of it. We just like sort of accept it as 
that's just the way it is, right? And、mm. indeed, like it takes a little bit of extra effort to、uh, to flip it and to go into like that positive up spiral.、Mm. Um, and I'm like, I- I'm always wondering, like, why, 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 <laughs> why does our brain make it? Why is it so much easier for us to sort of believe in the negative than it is to believe in the positive? Because、mm. I don't know if I mean like.、Uh, I don't know if you have this, but for example, if someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, oh yeah, great, thank you. But if someone gives me、um, some negative feedback, like that can、mm. stick with me for so long, right? Yeah, it's yeah, crazy.、Absolutely. And I think it、um, might have something to do with the idea of failure and the、mm. way that we view failure, because I think for most people, they view failure as、um, As a negative, yet it's really just a step towards what you ultimately want to accomplish in your lives, and I think、um, that's the reason why we default, as well as you know that the idea that where the mind just wants to keep us safe, and so it's going to give us all these ideas of you shouldn't do this because、mm-hmm. you, you don't know how to speak the language or you don't know anyone there, you don't know how to get around. Uh, and so, we're not used to sort of taking control. We a lot of people live there, or they let their minds just run on autopilot, because it takes a lot of effort to be aware of your thoughts and to be aware of the way you're thinking. And you know, people are so busy that they don't have time to stop and really think about. Um, what it is that they're thinking about,、yeah. even if these thoughts are not serving them, <laughs> and that was something that I learned as an athlete. I learned about how to change my mindset、uh, and how to really choose the thoughts that were going to empower me and、um, and make me accomplish my goals, essentially. And I really learned that. We're just going to default to the negative、mm-hmm. because the mind's trying to keep us safe. Where you actually have to put in work and you have to, you know, consciously stop and say, "No, that's not the thought I want to choose. Instead, I'll choose this thought." And and it does take a lot of effort. Yeah,、mm. yeah, that's so interesting. Because my fiance, he used to when he、um, growing up, he used to.、Um, Uh, train in karate, and、um, so he's he's very into sports as well. Even now at his age, that makes him sound really old. I'm sorry, he's not that old, but like, <laughs> um, um, he's always telling me about the fact that like as an athlete, you also work on your mindset. So it's so interesting that you also mentioned that,、um, because、mm. I love that. I love that idea of like he he used to say. It's like, yeah, I have I have to like sort of visualize the success that I would want in my competition,、uh, because if you sort of stuck to the idea of like I'm going to lose, then that's how you would step into the ring.、Um, Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I guess it's um, I guess it's a it's a technique that is you've probably heard of it called NLP, which、mm. stands for neuro linguistic programming, and and I stumbled across this accidentally when my mum handed me a book, which was essentially a training program for your mind. When I was about seventeen, and I was sort of going through.、Um, And I didn't. Yeah, I was going through working towards a goal, and and I didn't know what NLP was, but I just wanted to follow this training program that was for my mind. But now, when I look back, it, re- it really was like every day was a a different lesson that you had to consciously connect with, and in this case, it was all about bringing upon your goals. So.、Mm. Exactly what your husband was or your your fiance was doing. How do you start to visualize what you want? And you know what are the thoughts that you're thinking on autopilot?、Mm-hmm. And when you recognize the things that you are thinking, you will really be surprised because you might think that you have a positive outlook, but underneath you you could be telling yourself a lot of stories like I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this,、mm-hmm. and and that's. What you don't really see until you really consciously start to take a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Is NLP something that you use in your coaching as well? 
Well, I haven't actually done any studies in NLP as much as I would love to. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I guess, certified to to teach it or anything like that. I'm just, it's definitely on the pages, but it's just something that I believe in so yep. much that I think, um, yeah, it is just so, uh, I need to go and, and learn about how to teach it because yeah. As an athlete, um, I have, you know, a very strong tensity, tens, ten, oh, what's the word? I can't even think of the word, um, tendency to yeah. um, really focus and commit on something. And so for me to do something on re- repetition like mm-hmm. that is really easy. Um, and it, you know, essentially what you're doing in the brain is you're rewiring, you're making new neural pathways of, you're, you're essentially making trying to make a positive thought be on autopilot. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It's something that I like to encourage my clients to use, but to teach it is something that I need to learn. And um, it's definitely on the list of things that I would love to love to be trained in and and learn how to teach myself. Yeah. Same, 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 same. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I think the mindset thing is so, it's so, when I kind of like stumbled across that, I was like, whoa, that is, that makes so much sense. Like, and it also is mind blowing that how powerful the mind is, right? It's, it's blows my mind every time. <laughs> and yeah. then also how, like what you said, it's like how deep your beliefs can run because like you can think it's something on the surface, but like underneath all of that, there's so much more to uncover and to sort of like work through. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. I recently, um, I like to think of myself as a pretty positive and uplifted person. And I always, um, face the world in that way. And recently I, I guess toward the end of last year, found myself in a really, um, I guess, conflicted situation where even though I was still showing up with the positivity outward, but inside, I just wasn't really um, seeing that for myself. And so I really took to um, a program or which a, a book, which again is probably a little bit of a form of NLP in there. It's called mm-hmm. The Artist's Way. I don't know if yes, you've heard Yes, love that. it. Yes. <laughs> so um, that teaches you to just do a lot of writing and um, what eventually will come out is all the negative blocks and all the things because you're encouraged to write whatever's on your mind, regardless of who it's about, what it's about, if it's negative or positive. And I realized that I had a lot of things that I was complaining to myself about Mm -hmm. in my head, but I didn't want to voice them out into the world. But when I gave myself permission to write them down on the page, it was, it was almost like they were released from my, my subconscious because I kept writing and writing. And then I'd look back and almost laugh oh, this is why I've been feeling this way because I'm keeping all this inside my head and I'm not getting it out. And and that's why I'm having this inner conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The artist way. So I've, I am a huge fan of the artist way. Uh, when I first did it, it really helped me actually leave a very toxic relationship because indeed, like I suddenly uncovered all of these like negative patterns and habits and thoughts that I was having just internally. And when I put them out on the page, I was like, this is Mm. not what I want. Like, I don't want to feel like this. And I'm feeling Mm. like this on a daily basis. And I wasn't aware of it until I really just sat down to just Mm. let it out. And this is like, this is why I tell everyone I work with, like, start writing, just start (laughs) writing. Like, yeah, Yeah, it's such a powerful practice. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think the second part of that theory is to connect with the creativity and um, it gives you permission to take yourself on an artist state where you can choose whatever you want to, whether it be color or draw or crochet or um, go and swim at a waterfall, however you can be creative because it really connects you to that child essence of play and um, then that is where you bring in all the inspiration and, you know, you write to clear out all the gunk in your mind and then you play and create to bring in new ideas and creative, positive inspiration. Yeah, 
Amazing. So good. It's so, so good. I <laughs> highly recommend if anyone listening hasn't heard of The Artist's Way, like have a look at it because it's really, really, it's such a powerful um, program, I guess. It's a program. It's a book. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you can pay you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars to work with someone on a, a three month. I think that's the length of the program. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, you get all of this in a book that's yeah. probably under $30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So I have a question that this is a very, yes. it's, it's a bit like off topic, but a little bit off topic, but also on topic. Um, I'm curious, what's something recently that you stepped out of your comfort zone for? Mm, good question. <laughs> I um, This might sound really crazy, uh, but I... I'm finding more and more that I am quite introverted. I like spending time on my own or I like spending time one-on-one with someone. And this is probably going to sound crazy to some people, but uh, I haven't lived where I live for very long. And um, there was a launch happening the other day, last week on Friday night, actually. (laughs) And it was a launch of a new wellness center. And I really felt like I didn't know anyone who was going to be there, but I wanted to go and attend and see what it was like. And I really had this like push pull of this feeling (laughs) like I just wanted to stay at home in my house. But I knew that like, I also really wanted to go and, um, and connect and mingle and meet some new people. And, um, so that was, you know, on a, probably on a smaller scale for me, a time where I had to go and step outside my comfort zone and be surrounded by a whole heap of people that yeah. I didn't know. And, and I think that can be the case for a lot of people with yeah. networking events or that type of thing, but just to go and, you know, maybe you just meet one new person, um, or you have a conversation, a deeper conversation with someone that you might've only known to say hello to, and you find out a little bit more, but, um, I was really, really resistant to, to do that. And, um, yeah, once I did it, I felt really proud of myself for yeah. going out and <laughs> connecting with some of the more, more of the local community. So, um, yeah, I guess it's not like that maybe the big adventurous adventure to step out of the comfort zone. It's just a, a something that, you know, was recent for me. And, um, I think the more that you can just take these little steps, whether it is just something small that you don't want to do, um, then the more you'll get used to trusting that it will work out in the long run. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think like finding little ways to step out of your comfort zone will definitely help you build up the confidence when the big stuff comes around. Right. Because you're like, Oh, I actually, I survived that, that meet and greet the last time. Mm. Like I survived being outside amongst all of these people last time. So yeah, Mm. like it's definitely a practice. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess more on a, a, a more adventurous type mm. of scale. Um, I, as I mentioned at the start, I lead some expeditions overseas with some school, school kids. And I went on an expedition, uh, back in November and it was probably my eighth one. So it's something that I'm quite familiar and used to doing. I was even going back to a country where I'd been before, but I knew that my, I wasn't quite as connected so well with the group leaders, the other group leaders of this expedition. And so that was a bit of a step outside my comfort zone because I knew that every other trip that I'd been on, I felt really connected with the teachers and the leaders of this group. Um, but this one wasn't, so I knew I would have to approach it in a different way. So Mm. leading up to that felt really uncomfortable. How am I going to, you know, make this a success and lead in a way that's going to, um, benefit everyone that's going on the expedition, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I feel like a lot of this work that you talk about, like the stepping out of your comfort zone and and taking those leaps, a lot of it has to do with becoming aware, right, of of how you feel, your thoughts, 
um, what you can do, how you can show up. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you would suggest for people who are listening and are like, hmm, I really want I really want to step out of my comfort zone, but like, I just, I feel like I, like it's not in my nature. It's not my thing. Like, yeah, Abby, it's easy for you to say, you know, like this is just, it's just how you are, you know, like that. What would you say? Like, what would you say to them to be like, how do you become aware of one of like maybe the power that you possess yourself of making that choice and and changing Mm. that narrative, I guess. Mm. I would say that I would say to go back to what I was speaking about earlier is really to connect. Well, one is to connect with why, Mm -hmm. why is it that you want to go on this adventure or take the trip or accomplish this goal? What is, what is the why? And I would pair that with some journaling and ask yourself those questions and just keep asking, writing freely. So you're not interrupting it. You're trying to let your higher self write on the page and answer these questions and then see what the next question is that comes up and just Mm -hmm. answer and trust that that is your higher self speaking to you. It's not just a crazy, weird voice in your head. It is actually a message that um, your higher self wants you to receive. Mm -hmm. So connecting with that why, trying to use the journaling and the writing, the free writing to get the answers for yourself. Um, But one thing that I also want to say is, you know, this idea of the comfort zone is this place that's familiar and it's safe and it's we feel like we have control but we actually don't because (laughs) anything we don't really have control of anything I mean we might think we do but we Mm -hmm. don't and um, as an example I will share a story with you Um, most recently I had been on my trip over to Borneo for three Mm -hmm. weeks and my plan was to then come home and spend a week with my family for Christmas on the coast and then I would return home um, and I would set myself up for a month of grounding myself in my home and getting into a lot of work because it's January is always very busy. Mm -hmm. I live in a tourist town. There's always lots to do. Well, I was I spent a week at home over New Year's and the bushfires broke out mm-hmm. and they were so close to the communities here that a lot of businesses were forced to close because there was no business and what was seemingly going to be a month of lots of work and you know potentially double shifts here and there and um, lots of money coming in all of a sudden turned into uh, a time where I actually had to pack up my belongings or my favorite things in my house and Mm -hmm. I had no work here anymore I had to I had to make a decision of what to do next and um, I wasn't you know you think that your home is safe and it's comfortable and and my plan was to 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 ground in and be here for that month but I actually then had to think well now I'm gonna have to go to plan b and so I I packed up everything and I went back to the coast and I had to plan to stay with my family and um use like I started doing some mobile massage down Mm -hmm. there where I used to work and and so it was it was not a controlled environment. And I ended up spending about two months away from home because of everything that had happened. And, um, you know, you think you're coming back to what is an, something that you're in control of. Yeah. So I encourage people to step out of their comfort zone or to have these experiences because sometimes you will be forced to go out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you won't have a choice. And if you uh, build that muscle and if you're used to doing it on a a regular basis, when it comes to the time where you are forced Mm -hmm. to get out of your comfort zone, you will be able to handle it Mm. much more, much more easy, easily than you thought you could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good, um, good message as well like yeah we have a sense of being in control when really like 
we're really not. <laughs> like we think we are, but really we're not. There's so much happening around us all of the time, even if we're unaware of it. Like, yeah, yeah. So, mm. yeah, a lot of us want to hold on to that control and be like, no, I'm in control. I've got it all under control. And I think yeah. maybe if we start sort of loosening the grip as well, like it'll make things easier and less yeah. frustrating sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and being flexible as yeah. well, because um, I think over the last few years, I've definitely had a number of situations and times where things have seemingly been secure or in control mm. or like I knew what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's like the rug or the, what do they call it? The tablecloth is pulled out from, or the, yeah, the, rug, the rug is pulled, is pulled out, out. From, from underneath your feet <laughs> and you find yourself in a position which you didn't expect. And, you know, if you're used to stepping outside your comfort zone, then you will be able to adapt and cope with that yeah. better than if, you know, you, you've never really stepped outside your comforts before because, you know, you've had that feeling. You're like, okay, well, this is how we need to flow. This mm -hmm. is what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been such an interesting <laughs> chat. Like really, yeah. really some really great stuff in there. So thank you so much for for uh, chatting with me about it because even for me I'm like ah oh, so many good reminders so yes. many good reminders um, if people are interested in knowing more about you or even potentially working with you where can they find you yeah so you can go to my website which is abbylutus.com and it's spelled a double b y l e w t a s and you can also find me on Instagram at Abby Lutus. And I also have a podcast. It's Ooh. called The Wonderlusters Mind. So I am launching that up for season three. And this season I'll be talking about speaking with my guests about um, the mindset shifts and changes that they have I guess, learned or that they have obtained from going on travels or having grand adventures. So I'm really excited to dive into those juicy topics with yeah. my guests this year. So you can find me at all of those places. I do have a little um, freebie on my website. It's all about how to have um, it's called Adventure Mind. It's all about how to have that adventurous outlook and mindset. So you can um, pop your email in and I'll send you a copy of that. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I will um, link everything in the show notes as well so that people can easily click on it and find you. Uh, I'm super excited to listen to your podcast, by the way. I <laughs> love that. Talking to people who have gone on adventures and like hearing their mindset shifts yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I can't yeah. wait to hear those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you I so think much.